the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. Love Never Fails. Inviting you to join in the fight for love. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly love, set the captives Each week, this program sheds light on the needs of vulnerable people in our community who are impacted by human trafficking, homelessness, addiction, and abuse, and celebrates the work of those who are meeting them right where they are and expressing to them that they are precious, valued, and loved. Our goal is to see this radio audience move to compassion demonstrated in acts of service, generosity, and gifts of time. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks and welcome to Love Never Fails Radio. We are in the studio today with a a new friend of mine, so grateful to have met Peter Beasley, who is the chairman of the board and executive director for Built. Uh, Built, uh, Peter has the primary role of, since January 2020, to coalesce the corporation into a a dues-paying professional organization to charter the chapters and to implement management of the nonprofit by the board of directors. So he's doing some different things, but really his background is that of a technologist. He's led corporate technology infrastructure teams for over 30 years in oil, gas, healthcare, government, and in the financial services industries. And uh, he founded and led Dallas-based NetWatch Solutions and even brought a patented um, innovative CM, uh, CMDB software product to market. He has an MBA in technology management and a BS in electrical engineering. This is a smart person, guys. <laughs> and we're so excited to have you on the show, Peter. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you so much, Vanessa. It's great to uh, be here. and get to know you. So I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Absolutely. So you and I had the opportunity of sitting on a panel together uh, with Synac uh, on a Synac uh, uh, company uh, panel, if you will. And we were kind of shining light uh, during a black history month on uh, African-Americans, blacks in the technology industry and, you know, what an honor that was, I thought, to be able to share with an, you know, an audience of 100 or 100 plus, uh, multiple hundreds of technologists and about the work that we're doing to sort of pave the way for uh, people of color, uh, in particular African-Americans, to have an opportunity to access the technology industry, which is so lucrative and um uh, you know, provides economic sustainability for people uh, who have historically lived in, in a high level of poverty. And so I am excited to hear about your backstory, right? So I heard a little bit of it as we were leading into that panel. And I thought, wow, it would be wonderful to share that out with this listening audience to talk about what it is that um, dr- drove you to start Built and uh, and and what is keeping the dream alive, so to speak, even now. So, uh, Peter, you know, how did this all begin? Gosh, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Vanessa. And uh, yeah, well, it's great meeting at that other program. I was so happy that that corporation brought us in to talk about some of the amazing things that you're doing, we're doing. It's an interesting point in life and time, you know, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, the murder of George Floyd and the way people are reacting. And so, so it's an interesting time. Uh, my backstory, I was just a guy, you know, of sorts. I <laughs> got a good deck dealt to me, deck of cards. You know, you know, I say you could be a woman born in Afghanistan. You know, that's probably not a great place to be for a woman in some cases. And mm. uh, black people 
you know, in Africa when they were being enslaved, not a good time to be an African and being dragged over here away from your family and, 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 and on and on and on. And there's been really, really horrible times being black in America. And mm-hmm. I would just say my 100 years, if I get 100 years on this planet, I caught a, I caught a good window of time post, uh, post uh, affirmative action, civil rights, Martin Luther King, you know, predated me and whatnot. So I uh, had great parents and uh, college and uh, became an electrical engineer and started working in the oil patch and uh, had an opportunity working on a ship too. I worked on a ship right out of college, two months on one month off worldwide ocean going. So I got to see the world as a young technologist I moved up very, very fast because I was a good engineer and uh, then moved into Dallas, our corporate headquarters of mobile. I was with mobile oil. I was in Dallas and pretty quickly moved into leadership. I was uh, I became a supervisor of a desktop support group, technical support, Novell Networking 1.0. Mm-hmm. Anybody knows what that is? <laughs> way, way yeah. back. And when you said 30 years plus, like, oh, my goodness, I think that's, that's right. I think, <laughs> I think 40s around the corner. This is real gray hair, you know, so. so but, yeah, it was it was great. You know, I caught that personal computing wave, IBM PC, XT, compact luggable. Nobel 1.0, Windows 3.0, 2.1. You know, I was just, I was there in the beginning of the personal computing era and in in management. But something happened when I got into management that I was not prepared for growing up in a diverse family, an Air Force family. I grew up in Alaska, England, California, San Antonio. So racial issues were foreign to me. I hate to say it. And Maybe I should be proud of it, but I grew up colorblind. Now, I, mm. you know, I, I think my parents could have done a better job of, you know, helping me understand um, yeah. you know, our heritage and a lot of things like that. But it was an advantage, too, as I just sailed right on past a lot of, you know, microaggressions, slights and things that happened. I didn't see them, didn't notice it, overcame it, had a better delivery, better project and just kept on moving. But mm-hmm. when I got into management. Uh, your technical prowess didn't seem to matter as much and who you knew and what influence and your budgets get cut and, and on and on and on. And so uh, I found myself getting laid off, right size, downsize, got to get another job. And you know, my salary had kind of plateaued uh, each time I left corporate and got another job doing pretty much the same thing, leading IT infrastructures for large, uh, mid to large corporations. Um, I, I knew how to do it. I was good at it. But the tenure was getting shorter and shorter from 12 years at mobile to three and a half to a year and a half to a year to, you know, unceremoniously being let go and like, what's going on? So Mm. along the way, I thought plan B might have to be plan A. And so that was uh, I started a software company in 03. And so I've been running that company since then and Mm -hmm. uh, still some of the same dynamics around venture funding. Uh, even selling products, um, mm-hmm. you know, the slights that you get when you walk in the room and you're the CEO and you're leading the sales team, you built the software, yet you, know, mm-hmm. you shake your coworker's hand and walk that person in the room that's, you know, a junior person on your team, but happens to be white, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, those things just kept happening or, or happen mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, venture funding and you're ignored or things like that happen. So that was part of, my DNA and some personal things happened uh, with the judicial system in a divorce and, and that uh, was life altering in some respects that we all know about the police now and how black people are murdered and shot and incarcerated. How many exonerations have there been of uh, black people off of death row? You know, they were to be executed and then, you know, DNA, you find out they didn't do it, you know, so that that we know of that, but that exists on the civil side, too. And so yeah. it can happen in family court. It can happen in tons of civil litigations or administrative litigations or trying to get your license approved for a doctor. There's just all these things that happen on the civil side, too. Wow. So, so all those things baked into a social justice element uh, that I have that I deliver and in, in a lot of the things that I do. And what I hear you saying is that, you know, even though you didn't see it, you became aware of this glass ceiling that was actually there, uh, you know, keeping you in your place 
And once you started to buck uh, up against that, uh, you started to feel it. You couldn't see it, but you started to actually experience the barrier. Oh, just a stat before we go to break um, that I just you know pulled from uh, CB- CBS News. It says that uh, Black people account for about 12% of the U.S. population, but occupy only 3.2% of senior leadership roles at large companies in the U.S. and just 0.8% a Fortune 500 CEO positions. And so, um, you know, what we're talking about here is a variety of things related to being African-American in um, in the corporate world, in the tech world, and um, how that um, can, can act as a barrier for your forward progress and also for your ability to um, build a more equitable workforce. So we're going to come right back and talk some more about this. Thank you so much, Peter, for sharing that personal story. We're going to come right back and talk a little bit more about what you've built. built. And so we'll come right back um, and talk some more about that. And thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash, consolidation, and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Peter Beasley, who is the chairman of the board and executive director of BUILT. And uh, BUILT stands for uh, Blacks United in Leading Technology. And we are uh, grateful to have you on the show, Peter, and sharing a little bit of your personal story. And then this new organization or this organization, not new, but the organization that you created some time ago. Tell us about uh, when that started and what the principles are around creating this organization. Sure. Sure. And so uh, many people, you know, don't create something brand new. So I'm certainly not going to take credit for inventing something that didn't exist before. And uh, just a footnote, what do we do? We're here to help increase the representation and participation of Black people in tech. As you pointed out, it can lead to wealth and help with economic development. And of course, if a CEO founder, founding team and a large team of Black people have high incomes, that flows into their churches, it flows in their communities, their kids go to, get to go to better schools, and on and on and on. So tech has been one of those leveling grounds that we as African-Americans can take advantage of. And so that's the mission of the organization is help increase the representation and participation of black people in tech. And we are completely not alone there. There are so many great organizations that do that, including, you know, back in the day, uh, BDPA, Black Data Processing Associates, uh, National Society of Black Engineers, uh, National Black MBA Association, and on and on and on. There are so many great organizations that are here in that, fight, so to speak, to help ship those numbers, as you said, uh, those numbers are real. And there are some numbers within those numbers, you know, you know, how many are in leadership positions and on and on and on. And so, so I, right place, right time, wrong place, right time, you know, all these different <laughs> things. I, uh, a guy in town started a local chapter of what, what then was called Blacks in Technology. And I knew him, he's a good guy. i had time with COVID. COVID affected my company adversely. And so I had 
some free time, not, not desired, but I had more time, you know, on my hand. I thought, well, let me just see what's going on there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he said, anybody want to help? I said, "Ah, I'll help. And so I I, I was really motivated around helping him and helping the cause, a good cause. Didn't really know much about it. And within uh, three months, uh, four, four months, we were a thousand people in our our local group. And then in about four, four more months, we were 1900 and we were getting sponsor looks and people trying to help fund us, yet we were not incorporated. We didn't have a bank account. We had no EIN. We were, we were a meetup group. That's all we were. And so um, I incorporated us and got the buy-in of all the 12, 13 chapters similarly situated. We created a new entity. Um, there is a trademark owner of the name of Blacks in Technology, and uh, we are completely for-profit and he has a for-profit media company. And so we couldn't successfully navigate splitting out somebody making money on all of this and the rest of us not. And so uh, ultimately we became purely nonprofit built Blacks United and Leading Technology. And uh, we now have uh, 23, 24 chapters internationally. And we have um, many offerings, uh, training to technologists, uh, to people trying to get into tech. That's one of our largest population are people trying to pivot. And we are unique apart from Nesby and BDPA. They are very strong with high schoolers and college students. And so Nesby has college chapters and BDPA has leaders of tomorrow, which are more elementary to high schoolers. And we are focused Mm -hmm. more on adults that are pivoting. So, um, People that work in retail that want to get into tech or, or writers or teachers that want to get in tech. So our, our population are mostly all adults. I think our median age is almost 40, uh, late 30s to 40s. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so our largest single membership group are future technologists, people trying to get into tech. And so we have training for them. We have certification programs for people trying to get into tech and also technologists. So we have a large bucket of technologists. Those are developers, engineers, cloud security, professionals, cybersecurity, and the like. And then we have the adjacent field, technology educators, people who are supporters, HR professionals, people who aren't in tech, but support tech, lawyers, marketers, mm. technology business owners, people who are CIOs, CTOs, leaders of tech in government and corporations, and then tech owners. I'm a technology owner. I own a technology company. So those are our membership classes that we have within our organization. We are a professional organization. Most all of the groups that we uh, help alongside are all either for-profit. They are nonprofit collectives. They are not incorporated in many cases. They don't have bylaws. They don't have rules. They don't have DNO insurance. You know, we're we're trying to be like a Nesby or we, we are, you know, in the game like them for the long term with with dues payers and people that pay money because we deliver value and we have to deliver value. We hold we that holds us accountable to. Mm-hmm. Do you um, just a question on that? So, uh, you know, as you know, Love Never Fails is also very has a similar model with IT biz. And um, I would say the difference between our organizations is um, we have purposely designed ourselves to be the first point, first point of entry into tech. So very beginner, you know, introductory courses, beginner to intermediate. Um, and then we hand off, it sounds like to maybe an organization like Built or to, you know, to a four-year or two-year university, four-year university. We have relationships with Merritt College and, you know, San Francisco City College and Peralta College. And so, um, uh, and those are, you know, local to the Bay Area because I know you're you're actually on the East Coast. So, you know, those types of JC, you know, for your universities. And and um, and the reason I did that is because I, I felt that I had a niche around um, speaking with inner city people um, and saying, look, you know, I was in foster care. I was living in poverty. I was homeless. I was all these things. And um, and I just decided that I was tired of being broke. I was tired of being, you know, uh, let, pushed aside. And so I, you know, I, I survived in a different way is, you know, the kind of the way that I, I give my pitch. I survived in a different way. I buckled down. I did this. I did that. And it wasn't easy. 
Um, but, you know, here I am today and I've, you know, owned multiple houses and the Mercedes and all the things. And a lot of that doesn't really matter. I mean, the house having a roof over your head matters, but I'm saying like all the fancy stuff that I thought was going to matter so much didn't matter, but I got it out of my system and I got to see it wasn't all that, you know, like they made it out to be. But, uh, but what I get to tell that story and, and to that inner city kid and, 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 or, and or young person and or adult and say, give this a shot. Do you work with organizations like that where there's a, like, uh, uh, you know, someone who's going out and getting people and getting them ready and excited, or do you do that yourself? Or how do you find interfacing with, you know, the uh, underserved, under-resourced communities and offering them these opportunities for tech? It, you know, is that something that's coming easy to you, challenging? How does it work? Uh, yes. And so you do so amazing things that we don't do, couldn't do, uh, are not well positioned to do. Certainly helping women predominantly and, and other uh, advantage, people taking, taking advantage of too wholesome and economic stability. We're, we're not in that game. You know, mm-hmm. and so, yes, you would be the first point to get people out of those really sad, unfortunate situations and then yeah. introduce them to tech. Absolutely. Then you can let them know. Send them your way. I can refer them over. Okay. And you do a lot of like software development and things like that, right? Is that all the part of your, your um, list of curriculum? We, uh, so we're not as much a curriculum based organization. So we don't have uh, cohorts in general. We do Mm -hmm. have, we have some of those. So we have done a cybersecurity training program, Lean Six Sigma, um, also, um, there's there's different levels of Lean Six Sigma that, that that we've done and do. And so it's not as much we are a training organization, much like Europe or Generations USA, that that we're not as much that as we mm-hmm. can help people understand the breadth that exists in technology. It's not just. Mm, so it's kind of um, more of a mentorship, professional uh, relationship building, you know, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Pretty, pretty much more so. And so it's, it's very helpful for technologists themselves. They're already technologists. It's not really about getting out of poverty or getting a roof over your head. They're already in tech. They just got into tech, but they can't get promoted. They keep getting. Gotcha. Or this is very good. Okay, all the I didn't catch and that. All the education, but nobody will hire them. So it's not wow. as going okay. from, you know, a really bad place in life to stability. Mm-hmm. But yes, we help them, too, because they are soon going to find out, sadly, unfortunately, you're now in tech and there's discrimination in tech. So, yes, they got Mm. where they were and you helped them get in. And then now, like, you know, what do I do now? Now, what do I do now? Well, and so we're here to help you with that. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. I want to talk some more about that. Right. So things that are going on in tech, um, I I actually have some stories. Right. So, um, you know, some of those barrier stories from some of the students that we've uh, been working with. And I want to get your take on the approach that we're using and to help maneuver um, and help shine a light, shine a, a good light on things so we can get better. All right. We'll come right back. And thank you for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. 
where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Peter Beasley, who is uh, the chair, chairman of the board and executive director at BUILT. And we're just talking about a variety of things related to being black in um, in corporate America and the tech world specifically and some of the challenges that one might experience and um, how, you, you know, we can bring tech equity. I love that. Building tech equity is Peter's background right now as we're looking at each other on Zoom. And, it, and it's so right. Increasing the representation and participation of black people in technology is their mission. And so I'm so uh, grateful for the work that you're doing. And so, you know, I I was going to chime in and just kind of share that I have seen so many situations like the one you described, um, you know, or like the, the, the scenarios you described where you get into tech and then you sit and you're you're wondering why you're not going up. And and I can say for me, it. It never was, um, and you know, I have, I'm interracial, you know, I'm light complected. I, people don't know what I am. They think I'm, some people think I'm Indian. They think I'm Latino. They think I'm, you know, they don't know what, what I'm, what I am. So that helps, right? That ambiguity helps with it. You know, if there's some sort of racial component there, the ambiguity helps, Um, and so that I, you know, I recognize that's a privilege that I bring into, uh, the workplace. And then, you know, it's funny too. uh, I had, I once had an author say to me, you speak with the King's English. And he's like, there's no way you're from the street. And, um, you know, and, and, and that, so that's a funny thing too, as well as my mom is a avid reader. And so I was able to, um, pick up quite a vast vocabulary because of her influence. And so, you know, there, there are these things that I recognize that have actually served me very well in the tech industry, which is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about being a bridge, right, for others to come forward, because I see the same aptitude in so many others that are not being allowed in. Why? Because their language is not the same or because, you know, they may sound like they're from the South and there, someone's being discriminated against because they sound like they're from the South or perhaps they, um, you know, they, they didn't know what to wear to the interview, or perhaps they um, don't go there. They don't have family members that attend the same country club or no, you know, go skiing at this one place every, every winter or go do summers at this one in this one cabin that everybody goes to. And I, I tell you what, what I have found, and I'd love to get your take is I grew up and this has really been, you know, saving grace for me is I grew up in the arts. I know how to be an actress. I've learned to pretend that I know what I'm talking about when I'm not in circles, you know, that, that where things are being said that I don't understand. I've learned to latch on to those things as a survival mechanism and regurgitate them. And, and, and that is how I literally have survived in corporate America is because half of the things that people are talking about, I cannot relate to it at all. People are talking about their winters here and their summers there. I don't have any idea because I lived in very high poverty. I don't know anything about that. And so have you, you know, I know you said that you had this experiment experience where you didn't see color. So, you know, you didn't have the sort of the poverty issues that I dealt with. Right. It sounds like I, I'm not sure. but you know, do you have these kinds of conversations in your built form about this sort of imposter syndrome and, you know, and this reaching for, you know, language and behavior? Yeah. I'll jump in. I'll just jump in. So, uh, so uh, again, I find myself in this point in time and my leadership role and nobody could have scripted it because I came from the opposite. Like, like you said, I, I was told growing up, through my tech years in corporate, gosh, Peter, you don't have an accent. I people even said, you know, they couldn't tell who I was by phone. Now, if you've yeah. seen me, I don't have. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. You call it a privilege. I don't know that I would use that word. It is. It's just what you are. You're a light skinned, you know, yeah. multiracial. 
but yeah. it was perceived and people would call it, you know, white privilege or color privilege and all this kind of thing. I'm dark black man, you know, so yeah. no doubt about it. When I walk up, I'm a black man. And that's yeah. true for a lot of black people or people of, you know, Latin descent and on, on and on. And so mm -hmm. I, I really think it's a little more fundamental than that. So because I was just the opposite. I, I did know the language. I did know how to write it. I wrote it. I, you know, I have patents. I have an MBA. I, I, I'm now learning of the imposter syndrome. I never had that. I don't have it. I didn't, mm -hmm. I, I, I am not an imposter. I never was. Yeah. I never felt that. I could do it. That's good. I, I mean, Thank I, you for saying that. I was, That's I, good. I, I wasn't. I, I, I had this incredible, fabulous experience on a ship off the coast of Africa. I was the, I was an engineer on the ship and our job is to keep the electronics working on this seismic vessel and all the electronics that are out there. And it's a multi-million dollar operation in the ocean. And there's 20, two-year-olds, myself and others that are keeping the electronics going. It's kind of a training job. I mean, you're learning how to design that type of equipment. You go back into Dallas and design the next generation, but you're out there in the field making the money and keeping things going. And I was the junior engineer and I was new in corporate and I'm on this ship. You know, I, my first trip, I flew to Greece to catch the boat and I'm now off of Africa and this mm -hmm. room with all the blinking lights and everything. And I walked in one day and our lead engineer a white guy, Marky e. Nixon, he is literally in the room by himself and he's got his hands up out at the equipment mm -hmm. saying, I own you. I, I can manage everything in this room. And, I, and he didn't know I was there. And I, I've met, I've told him this years ago. Mm -hmm. I was so impressed with that guy that he commanded that room. And I said, one day I'm going to be that guy. I was ultimately an engineer. And ceremoniously, I went in that room and put my arms up. I own you. And I did. I could do any and everything in that room. All the computers, uh -huh. microcomputers, the Edo, the, uh, anything. I, I was able to figure it out. I mean, I didn't know. Then you get in a problem, you solve it. Oh, I can do that. And I remember being scared a little bit, but I overcame them all and I could do it. And I commanded that room and I said it and I could do it. Yet, my experience is no different than all these people that you're saying felt imposter. I'm not an imposter. And yet, you know, get your coat, get your keys, get out. Or I come for a mm -hmm. job interview and I show up and over the phone, I guess they didn't know I was black. And they go, well, I'm just sorry. There was some mistake. You know, that position has been outsourced. We have a recruiting firm trying to fill that position. It's like, well, mm -hmm. I just talked yesterday to your senior director who specifically, and that was a big drama of, you know, not wanting to let me even interview for the job. And, wow. and so, so, you know, skin color, how you talk, the way you do your hair is it's not us, it's them. And mm -hmm. if they are threatened by us and people, that's their problem. And so I, I was not the guy to front my company with a white person or make sure you have a white salesperson or go do venture funding with, you know, you can't, you can't do that, Peter. And mm -hmm. I kind of refused. It's not that I was anti getting the best qualified. And if it happened to be a white person, that was fine. But I didn't have that person along the way. And so yeah. I would go in the room and be who I am. And you get consequences from that. So, so, so yeah. yes, it's not just, it's not just you, Vanessa. And it's not the people that you help get into tech. We face that as minorities. Across the board. And, well, and you know, I just love that you called out um, that, you know, you called out this whole thing about imposter and about privilege. I want to talk about that some more. We're going to take a quick break uh, because there are so many assumptions built into that, right? And I love that you said, I'm not an imposter. And yet I can tell you, I felt like I was. So we're going to come right back and we're going to talk some more about that. I think that's really helpful. Um, thanks for listening to Love Never Fails Radio. For more information on this program, visit loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. We'll be right back with more right after these messages. Trash bills weighing you down? At Case Industries, we specialize in lowering waste costs and providing trash consolidation and compaction services for multifamily properties, condos, and commercial shopping centers. Let us help you reduce operating expenses and increase property NOI. Case Industries, saving the planet, saving you money. Contact us today for a property trash and recycling assessment online at caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. That's caseindustries.us or call 510-566-4223. Case Industries, the property manager's friend. 
Hi, I'm Sandra Herrera, CEO of Case Industries. I've found that many employers are looking for ways to help the community but don't know how. I encourage you to consider supporting Love Never Fails as a corporate sponsor. Love Never Fails offers all the resources necessary to help young women and men overcome the trauma of exploitation and abuse. And that's why I'm proud to have Case Industries supporting Love Never Fails Radio. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We again are in the studio today with Peter Beasley having a rich discussion about uh, just being black in, in the technology industry, specifically in the U.S. I'm sure that the experience is very similar outside of the U.S., but I think this is uh, uh, at least uh, what I see is it's very, these are some things that we can actually attest to um, working in the industry. And I w- we were just saying during the break, how this whole concept of imposter syndrome and privilege, right? This whole, this whole narrative there, there's a lot of built-in assumptions there, you know, that it's, it's, it's almost like I feel good about saying that uh, I know that I have some privilege um, because I always feel like it's not fair for me to say, well, I did it. So you can do it when I might not look the way that you look. And I might, my, my look confuses people. And so, uh, you know, they're not sure what box to put me in, which sometimes helps me because they don't know who is she, where is she coming from? Right. Which is good. I like that, you know, and I, I work with it and I even, you know, I've learned over the years, it's very interesting skill. I didn't know I was doing it, but I can actually change the way that I speak English based on who I'm talking to. If someone is from you know, Asia, if someone's from a uh, Latin American country, if that someone's from Russian, the whole way that I speak English changes. And it's just, I'm, I'm very um, adaptive because, and it's something that I've learned to survive. And so, um, and it also, cause I like people, I really like people and cultures and languages. So, 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 so I say it's privilege, um, but you know, someone you just said, I don't I don't know if I see it that way because it's almost implied that you have the upper hand. Absolutely. If you look like, you know, yeah. you're 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 you have some something that isn't black. And that's a little bit racist, isn't it? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I don't want to I don't want to call it that. But but yeah. and, and if you live long enough, you know, light skinned brothers were in and dark skinned brothers were in. And so, you know, right. the dark sisters will be in or light skin, you know, so. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I look at, you know, the name of your program, you know, the first word is love. And so mm-hmm. that's skin color and your hair texture and where you were born and all that stuff. Love can transcend all of that. And so Absolutely. You know, if you care about people, it doesn't matter how they speak and talk and, you know, just kind of push past that. And there's a reason that people speak the way they do and look the way they do. I mean, the way they look the way they do because they're genetics and DNA, right. you know, there's nothing you can do about that. But that doesn't right. mean they're not capable or they, they can't make a new innovation or be impactful in the situation when nobody else would, because they have a different, different approach or empathy. So, so, so yes, yeah. a lot of people do look at those things as privilege, which means the opposite to a degree of people are underprivileged and it's just because they look different. So I, I don't, yeah. like I, said, I don't, I don't, uh, you don't subscribe to that. I don't subscribe you know. to that. You know, yeah. in, in tech, there are things like blacklisting. And so mm-hmm. I would like, to not use that word, you know, it's, you know, mm-hmm. you are not included, you know? And so um, there's the racial, you know, um, in uh, overtones that are put in good and bad with color. And, mm-hmm. and that, that kind of can uh, transcend through skin color too. And so let's yeah. just try not to, I, I personally don't subscribe to it. So that's yeah. the choice, you know? And so, well, and I think the, where, the, where I'm coming from when I say that is really, it's really about what I perceive to be the way that you're treated based on not uh, my own evaluation of my experience, because I don't feel like I've had that privileged experience at all. But I, I recognize that uh, someone who maybe looks different than I do may will be treated differently potentially. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But 
But, uh, you know, that that's it's an assumption at best uh, yeah, because I, I, it just depends where you're at. You know, it just depends what group you're I in. And Marks, I would call what you're doing is high EQ. You know, you're yeah. you uh, perceive the situation. You figure out what do you need to do to get the outcome that you need. And yeah. So there's nothing wrong with that. That's certainly not an inappropriate thing to do. Um, yeah. However, there's nothing wrong with somebody being as dark as, you know, whatever black as black as can be and yeah. received and welcome just because they're a human being and love never fails, you know. And so right. Absolutely. We don't, to, we don't all have to condition ourselves sets to look a certain way or talk a certain way. Certainly, certainly there's professional norms of, you know, hygiene and, you know, mm-hmm. dress. Certainly those have to be honored, but yeah, some people are just short. And I, I can remember uh, in my company, my software company, I had a project. I was looking for some temps and the man who showed up was a black man. Uh, it was to do some desktop support. You got to get on the floor under the computer and pull some cables around and move monitors. And this guy was very dark and seven two. And Ooh. I look at this guy walking to my office. I'm thinking, I'm going to walk in. How are you going to get under the table? I'm going to get under the table. Like, and I'm like, well, it's not his fault, his size. That's not right. his fault. And he needs right. a job. I was conflicted. Yeah. You know, is, right. that a, is that an ADA thing? Can he yeah. do a job? And I was like, man, I, I, just, I can just see everybody else doing the same thing I did. Like, look at this right. guy. Right. That's not his fault. He need, you know, and so that's we have to be able to get past some of our some you know, of un- unconscious biases, mm-hmm. actual biases, uh, lit- legal sorts of things that aren't being done fairly and appropriately policy sorts of things. There's, there's a lot of work to be done. And so there are so many Absolutely. organizations in this game and, you know, I'm um, tech, I'm adjacent, certainly very far adjacent from what you do, but being black and being mm-hmm. male, mm-hmm. I, um, a big supporter of people that help people get out of human trafficking. And, yes. And so when we have met and then I heard mm-hmm. the story and I've had similar thoughts around helping the mm-hmm. people I've run into again, I got a good mm-hmm. deck of cards, a mom and dad that my mom now lives with me. My dad just died. They're married mm-hmm. 70 years. And wow. Amazing. That's so amazing. She's 92 and she's 90 and I, I'm hearing mm-hmm. the stories and seeing the pictures like, man, did I get a good second? I got a good yeah. deal. Yeah. I got that deal. And then I've yeah. met so many young women and older women. Mm-hmm. I had to go through prostitution or drug addiction and uh, incest and rape and mm-hmm. you know the family dynamics and all these things that people have to go through. And you know, I want to help. And so whatever I can mm-hmm. do to help you and your Thank organization. You. And and I think we in tech, because of our education, our position yeah. in life and our wealth, we need to give back. And so I'm so happy to be able to help in an adjacent role to what you do. Oh, thank you, Peter. And I am so grateful for for that help and and uh, for what you're doing, providing a safe place for, you know, professionals uh, to come together and support each other. It's so important. Um, and just creating community, you know, creating community that cares. So, um, thank you again. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about events. You have events going on at the, in the San Francisco chapter across the U S and I want to make sure people know how they can connect with what you're doing. And, um, and yeah, so we'll come right back and thanks for listening to love never fails radio. To join in the fight for love, visit loveneverfailsus.com. Don't go away. Love Never Fails Radio will return right after these messages from our sponsors. This is Dr. Miluna Fausch. I am honored to serve on the advisory board of Love Never Fails, where each voice matters as lives are restored. Thank you for your support. Let's face it, you are making a pitch for something every day. Your verbal communication skills are the key to your professional and personal success. My company, Pitch Perfect Presentations, trains executives, management teams, and startups in delivering consistent, effective, engaging presentations to today's diverse audiences to rev up sales, attract clients and fans, and secure funding. 
Visit PitchPerfectPresentations.com to schedule your complimentary strategy call with me today. That's PitchPerfectPresentations.com, PitchPerfectPresentations.com. Welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio, where you are invited to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Now, here's the host of Love Never Fails Radio, Vanessa Russell. And welcome back to Love Never Fails Radio. We, again, have just been having a wonderful time with Peter. Thank you so much for being on the show. I wanted to give the listening audience an opportunity to join you at an event or even join a chapter. How might they do that? Great. Uh, Just like everybody else in the world, we have a website. We're technologists, so we have a website built internationally builtinternational.org B-U-I-L-T international the whole word dot org builtinternational.org and so you'll see our our slogan the recognized voice of blacks in tech and we have the join built button and you can join and we have we have two models so we have the professional organization which is the dues paying model which is where I just led people but we're also free and open on the meetup.com platform so we are a meetup Pro group. So we have chapters, 23 chapters across uh, the country, uh, including San Francisco, LA, San Diego, Chicago, Houston, Dallas, Austin, uh, Miami, and, and several others uh, internationally, Toronto, uh, Hong Kong, UK. And so on meetup.com, you can search for built. Blacks United in Leading Technology. And so I think our actual meetup pro. Uh, acronym is actually still Blacks in Technology. So we're Blacks in Technology on the Meetup Pro platform. And all of our Meetup groups are free to attend. And we have numerous types of events. So we have social justice programs. And uh, as you know, Vanessa, you've been on our program. So mm-hmm. we support other nonprofits and social justice causes. So if you are listening and you have a social justice cause that you would like to get in front of black technologists internationally, you can reach out to built. We are currently running a series on social justice with adjacent organizations, again, like love never fails. And so if other groups want to participate, you can do that by reaching out to us either through our website or through our meetup groups. And then we uh, also on the meetup groups, we talk about entrepreneurism. We have, uh, primers about technology, uh, Python and uh, artificial intelligence, the cloud. And so you can learn about tech, but professional networking. So one of the events we have up in uh, have coming up in in uh, North Texas, the Dallas chapter, one that, uh, again, I lead. We have a three day symposium, June 15 through 17. And it's a technology program with multi, uh, three tracks of program. So we have 45 sessions. Uh, multiple keynotes. We have some workshops that we're now developing around coaching. We have one I'm so excited about, uh, an organization as offering how to succeed in corporate as an African-American. Mm. Gosh, I wish I could have taken that, you know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a workshop that we have in this three-day symposium. So that's June 15 through 17. Um, we're on Eventbrite. We're on the Hopin platform meetup.com. So you'll be able to find that event again from our website or through the North Texas chapter or through any of our, our, our groups. You can find out about that event. We have a cybersecurity seven week training cohort coming up in June. We've completed our first from February to, I think it went through um, late March or mid March. So we have another seven weeks starting June 4th. So that's a members only benefit. So if you're a member of built, um, you can take that class and it's free for members. Uh, first, we uh, plan to do 25 in the first cohort and we have 50 people that signed up. So we'll wow. similarly launch out with 50 and uh, maybe uh, get 25 or 70. We're not real sure yet, but we have our second of that coming up. Cybersecurity Pen Test Plus certification. It's teaching you how to be an ethical hacker. People might not know, but... Um, There are people that try to break into your network and you paid them to do that, to find your your vulnerabilities. Those are ethical hackers. They make Mm -hmm. a lot of money. They get bounties in some cases for finding vulnerabilities. 
and getting in. And so there are people that make millions of dollars as ethical hackers. You don't have to be a bad hacker. You can be a good hacker. <laughs> so uh, so uh, you might not know that. And so uh, we have that. Both of those are in June. And we have programs in each of the various chapters that pop up along the way. And like most things in life, you get more out by giving. And so most all of our chapters, you can serve. We're still looking for some chapter leaders in uh, cities like New Orleans and um so we have a chapter leader in Charlotte, but Philadelphia. So we have some openings for chapter leaders. And that is a great way to build your personal brand. Again, I was a volunteer. I volunteered to help somebody else do what he was doing. And now I'm being interviewed by Vanessa Russell. How about that? <laughs> Wall Street Journal. I'm an international inter, uh, director of a nonprofit internationally. We're you know, successful financially and growth and we're doing good. and just because I stepped forward to help. And so yeah, other people wonderful. should do that and help other people and it pays back, you know. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for what you're doing and what you've done. Peter, thanks for being on the show. I just want to remind everyone uh, that you um, can find out more about what we're doing with, with LNF by going to our website, loveneverfailsus.com uh, forward slash events. Um, also, remember this month, April, is uh, National Child Abuse Awareness Month and Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And so we're going to be talking at a bunch of different places there on our events uh, page. You'll see some of the things um, coming up on coercion and consent um, and a variety of other things that we're doing. At the Think Big conference coming up in May, um, where we'll be talking about the, the intersectionality between the banking industry and human trafficking. So you don't want to miss any of that. Um, please do plug into Build, plug into LNF. And of course, if you haven't heard it before, if you need to hear it again, always remember that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Love Never Fails Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and love and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at loveneverfailsus.com, by liking and sharing our Facebook page, Facebook slash Love Never Fails Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. This program is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in human trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to loveneverfailsus.com and click on the radio show link. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries, as well as supporters from Faith Fellowship, New Hope Christian Fellowship, and the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel. On behalf of Vanessa and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thank you for listening, and thank you even more for committing to turn your compassion into action and love those in your midst. Give up a chance.